everybody and welcome to another episode of Cineflex. I am Ethan Colburn. Uh, my co-host Clara is not on the intro. We procrastinated trying to plan it and then they were unavailable to record. Uh, but they are on this episode so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Hope you guys all had a great Easter weekend. Um, I certainly did. We went to like a garden. It was beautiful. Wasn't it nice, Paige? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Paige. Hi. <laughs> Talking through yawn. Yeah. Yeah. It was gorgeous. We went to Philoli Gardens. Philoli. Yeah. Up in Woodside. It's beautiful. So many movies were shot there. Yeah. You know, we, we, last time we went up there, we like saw, happened to see the game. Um, like that night or like, like the next a couple, night. Cu- yeah, like a night later and we're like, oh my God, like Michael Douglas is like living in this house in the movie that we were just at, which is bizarre. Um, yeah, that's a great movie, by the way. It's a fun one. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, thank you to my patrons, Jaden, Steven, Sydney, Isaac, Zach, and Griffin. If you guys want to be a part of my Patreon, go to patreon.com slash We have a movie club. We're discussing tomorrow. We're discussing Sandra and Yojimbo. We're always picking fun things to talk about. So if you want to be part of that, um, I've paired this movie with Pina Coladas. If you are interested in a recipe for that, check out my Instagram at CineflexPod. Um... And yeah, please review us on iTunes. That always helps. So yeah, without further ado, I will throw you into this week's... Oh, you know what? Actually, (laughs) next week's episode is The Princess Bride. Just want to let you guys know. So Lexi will be coming back for that. Very exciting. Uh, It'll be Lexi and Claire on that one. So I'm sure it'll be fun. Without further ado, now I will throw you into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed Austin, Jason, welcome back, both of you. Hey. Hello. Hello. I forgot there's no video aspect How are you? to this. I'm good. No, <laughs> no one can see, but Jason is wearing his Wong Kar Wai sunglasses. Yeah, I like look like him now. Yeah. It's epic. <laughs> um, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. Setting up this this call was about the most disastrous decision <laughs> ever. I like, yeah. I, I made pina coladas and I forgot to put the top in the blender and everything exploded <laughs> all over the kitchen. And then, we're, and then, and then I actually stole Paige's meeting room because I was using her Zoom. So Paige popped in and she's like, oh, I was going to meet with a friend. And then Lexi popped in who <laughs> is going friend. to be on, uh, is the friend and is going to be on next week's episode. But yep, um, we're fine, right? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's going to be okay. What movie are you guys doing next week? Uh, We're doing Princess Bride next week. All right. Ooh, that's exciting. I know. I got to come up with a fun drink for that. Um, should I open my drink into the mic so it's asmr or should I open it away from <laughs> Yeah, try it. Try it. We'll okay, see how it see. sounds in the edit. Okay. Oh. <laughs>
Ooh. Oh, that's far. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yummy. Yummy. So, so Clara slacked off and did not make a pina colada, but might it might have been because I chose to make a pina colada when I was at the store. Listen, <laughs> did listen. not give you. You can't give me any on. shit today. It's trans visibility day. You gotta, you gotta. I gotta, I gotta cool it. Yeah. You gotta, cool you gotta it calm down. I gotta calm down. Resume the shit talking tomorrow. It's pause. We can just record this tomorrow. All our bands. <laughs> no, it's true. Happy, happy trans visibility mm-hmm. day. Um, Woo. Uh, the, the pina coladas are in honor of uh, the pineapple that is mm-hmm. that is consumed. The 30 cans of pineapple that are consumed in this movie. Um, yes. 30 cans of expired pineapple. Yeah. Um, do, do Does one of you want to talk about uh, just what it, what it must feel like to eat 30 cans of expired pineapple? Does that, does that appeal to any of you? Yeah, that sounds like ass. <laughs> I think it makes me feel powerful. Oh. Why? I don't know. It's just a lot of pineapple. I can only <laughs> imagine how strong you would get. It's super, oh, super strange. Have you guys pineapple. seen Fallen Angels? Did you guys watch Fallen Angels? I have not no. yet seen Fallen Angels. Yeah, so eating expired pineapples actually makes you mute. Yeah, that's what happens in Fallen Angels. <laughs> makes you mute? Yeah, like. It's, it's yeah. made by the same guy. Um, what's his name? Like Takashi um something. Um, and uh he's the main character in Fallen Angels as well. And in his like voiceover, he talks about like, oh man, like uh I'm like roughly translating, but like, yeah, like I can't talk anymore. You know, I was one time I was like sick because I ate like an expired can of pineapple and now I can't talk anymore. So the whole movie <laughs> but, yeah, that's um that's just the premise of like Fallen Angels. Yeah, no, no Fallen Angels yeah. after uh Chunking yeah it's pretty much a sequel mm. yeah um, mm. kind of like a spiritual sequel it's the same character though yeah oh An alternate world i would say no no yeah no, it's the young yeah interesting mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i i'm i'm excited to watch that mm-hmm. at some point does 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 one of you want to get into uh uh plot synopsis and like first experiences watching this does he wants to start with that yeah so um chunking express is about uh two police officers who fall in love that's about it um and yeah. so uh i i am actually a huge Wong car wife fan. i've seen all of his movies and uh this is the movie actually that got me into his filmography in the first place because i had watched in the mood for love beforehand and i think it was a bit too dense uh, mm. on a first watch you know kind of like hard to like keep track of like, mm. the characters because there are way fewer characters yeah. in the movie than i thought um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah but chunking express to me feels like a perfect segue into his movies especially if you're like a western audience because there's at least like um for me at least when i first watched it there's like english songs uh there's some mm-hmm. like english dialogue and it's pretty easy to follow and mm-hmm. um yeah it's just really charming in general and I absolutely fell in love with, you know, the style and it really like, you know, convinced me to like check out some of his other movies as well. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Awesome. What, what was your first experience mm-hmm. with this movie? Um, just to add on to what Jason said about like the plot, I said I would um, describe this movie as a two part anthology of loneliness and misconnections. Mm. That's how I describe it. I think a really good yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so my first experience with it i watched this two years ago um 
and I liked it. I was like, good soundtrack, fun movie, nice. And then like two years later, I was like humming the the song like California Dreaming, and I was like, I gotta watch that again. I think like it's like mm. sort of like an earworm. It's like gets stuck in my head, and I'm like, I want to watch this movie again. And then I watched it for the second time, and then I was like, wait, this movie's actually like incredible. Like it like got a lot better on the second watch, mm-hmm. and this was actually my fourth watch. Uh, I wow. love this movie so much. I think it might have been it just gets better every time. Yeah, I've it's, seen it a good amount of times too. Yeah, Clara. Well, now I look like even more of a rookie because I'm not drinking a pina colada, and this was my second time seeing the movie, so I'm behind. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta catch up. I gotta catch up. Um, no, I really like this movie. I saw it for the first time last summer when I was unemployed for a fat minute and I was like, I have nothing else to do. Um, So I was just like finally getting through a lot of the films that like I'd been hearing a ton about that I would been really wanting to watch. And um, this is a really interesting one in that, like, honestly, I don't really feel like I fully like check into what's happening until the second story. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I I liked the first story more on a rewatch. I appreciated it a lot more and especially in like what it's saying, but I still felt it even when I was rewatching yesterday and that like I didn't like feel like I was fully invested until Faye was on camera and then I was just like here she is. That's my oh, girl. Yeah. Faye's awesome. Oh, I love Faye. So I just yeah, so it's a really interesting movie. I love I think it's really interesting because it it portrays like melancholy and whimsicalness both like simultaneously in a way that's really interesting just because I feel like sometimes those two are like kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. but I like that a lot about it and just that it does depict the loneliness really intimately, but in a way where it's not always like this heavy burden on you, it's sometimes it does feel almost more lighthearted, which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, like, I think I agree with you. For me, like, the first story almost feels like a warm-up back for the second story in some ways. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the first story, first story I like. There's a mm-hmm. lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that I like about it. I definitely don't really connect with the guy. I mean, I think like things. I'm I'm interested by him, but I don't really connect with him. Mm-hmm. And then the second story, I'm just like really invested in like what they're what they're up to, what they're weird. Uh, what, no, breaking into the houses, <laughs> breaking into the houses, whatever they want to do yeah. with those airplanes. I'm all, I'm all in on the airplanes. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about the the, the comparison between two? Wait, yeah, um, Clara and Ethan, you guys are. Would you guys say you guys prefer the second story over the first one? Then, yeah. Mm, okay, I yeah, so. yeah, you? for sure. Because I, I actually, when I first watched it, the first story I liked a lot more. Because. Oh. Um, uh, I mean, I think I still do, but the kind of like the main attraction of the first story is that it's in Mandarin, so I can understand it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know they were in different they, they are, they are. The second story is in Cantonese, right? So uh, the, fir- the first story is actually like immediately a lot more charming to me because I, I like the way uh, Takeshi... Kind of, yeah, he's a half Japanese guy, but um, <clears throat> the guy who plays Cop 223, he... He has a very charming um, uh, narration. Uh, mm. I feel like 
that kind of gets lost in translation when um, mm. you, you don't you, you don't really speak the language. But I really like his narration a lot in um, Chunking Express and, you know, Fallen Angels as well. I think the way he speaks is super charming. And um, he's also really famous back home in Taiwan. So like his he has like a you know, he has that like superstar like charisma. Yeah. Like you would find in someone like leo dicaprio in like america for for example mm. yeah how, how how would you how would you like try to explain like the charm of his narration that doesn't translate very well i don't know it's, it just feels like he doesn't take himself too seriously and mm -hmm. like you know like uh shit happens to him but he always has he's always like optimistic i'm sure like you can read that through like the subtitles but like it doesn't feel the same, I guess, if you don't really speak the language. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I do like the first story a bit more. I think the pineapple thing is super charming. Uh, I, yeah. I do think that him trying to like, you know, like improve his digestion by drinking alcohol was kind of funny too. Yeah, that um, was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think like, I just, I mean, not to, not to say the second story is bad or anything. I think the second story is really cute too, but, um, uh, the the end where uh, cop two twenty three, you know, he receives a pager where um, the woman in the blonde wig, you know, wishes him a happy birthday, and he's like super happy. I, I think that really makes you know makes me smile as well. I really I, I think that's really adorable. It yeah. is cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially because that that comes after like a really low point where he's like, yeah. I'm gonna get rid of my phone on my birthday because yep. no one's gonna yeah. call me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a pager. <laughs> oh yeah, pager. <laughs> yeah. Um, Those exist. For me, I would say though, for the mm -hmm. in comparison of like the first and the second one, the parts, um, it really changes every single time for me. Hmm. Um, like every single time I watch it, I feel like I have a different perspective, and I'm like, this is better than the other part for whatever reason. So right now, I would definitely say I prefer the first part. Um, I feel like I relate to a lot more of like what they're saying in it. Like there's a lot more like heavy hitting quotes in like the first part than the second part. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I mean, they're both great. Like I love both of them a lot, but mm -hmm. it really just depends. Like they're pretty much like exactly equal to me. Um, but like one just slightly surpasses. And like, that's honestly how, how I sort of feel like about Chunking Express versus Fallen Angels. Like they both feel very, very close to me. Hmm. yeah they're like two super similar films like i think that's like mm -hmm. just like him like doing the same idea but with a different mood but mm. yeah um <clears throat> with chunking express at least like i i would feel like at least i'm like the same with austin i think both stories like kind of like you know resonate with me a lot and pretty much it's just kind of depends on like when you're watching it which one you like are drawn to more based on your like your current mood so like mm -hmm. usually like currently i think the first story is better but that's not to say that i wouldn't uh prefer the second one on like another rewatch for example yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. no sense. it totally makes sense yeah. split group then on that yeah, yeah that's <laughs> fun Absolutely, yeah. yeah it makes it interesting <laughs> um and and it's I, I don't know of many movies that, that have that format where you really get to very like i mean just just two stories with 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 only slight overlap mm -hmm. um you know played mm -hmm. back to back like that yeah. like there's mm -hmm. just isn't there isn't much that's formatted like that i i think 
I, I wonder if some of it has to do with just the way Wong Kar Wai shoots his movies. He supposedly doesn't really have a script and just decides day of like what, like where he wants the story to go, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. What a cool dude. <laughs> Actually, so cool. um, for Chunking Express, especially, this was his most like, um, what's the word where like you just make spontaneous, them, spontaneous, like improv. Yeah. Spontaneous, like movie. Cause, um, uh, for I guess people who haven't seen his other stuff, Wong Kar Wai actually released another movie uh, on the same year called Ashes of Time. It it starred pretty much like every single famous person in Hong Kong and like Taiwan. I think like Ocean's Eleven cast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like kind of a disaster production wise. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really tired. And I I think from what I've like read, um, while he was like editing, like you know, post production of Ashes of Time, he wrote Chunking Express because like he just wanted something like you know more lighthearted. And like he was kind of working on both movies simultaneously. And um, I think that I think it's really cool that like you know the movie he ended up spending I guess the least amount of time on ended up becoming one of his most famous and like one of his most like beloved movies because this one was really just kind of like you know something he like you know like spit out like while he was like super tired so the production is like you're right it is very spontaneous you know he really didn't write them you know he just kind of had like an outline i don't even know if he had an outline and every day yeah he would just shoot whatever he wanted to shoot and kind of fix it in post and see if he can you know create something coherent and it's kind of why most of his movies are like all 90 minutes long because like i guess you can only like have that much content and make it make sense (laughs) if you're filming like that but i think there's a lot of charm into how he makes his movies i also i also think that that could explain why they're like i think i I think that directors that tend to be more spontaneous Mm -hmm. have have a broader range of um have 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 sort of a broad broader range of quality within their work. Oh, I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I mean, think of think of um, like two directors known for not not doing a lot of takes uh, are Clint Eastwood, Eastwood yeah. and Woody Allen as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to bring up Woody Allen, <laughs> but, I hate that man. But um, <laughs> but both but 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 so both of those directors as well, very broad range in that they've had Best Picture winners, but they've also had like complete duds complete duds yeah mm-hmm. and i think and i think wonka why i, I like grand torino <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen i haven't seen any of Wong Kar Wai's other movies other than this and in a mood for right. love. Mm-hmm. But my impression is that some of his stuff gets mixed reviews. Some of, and some of his stuff is just like all time masterpieces. Yeah. I, I would say mm-hmm. that like, actually like, honestly, like I like all of his movies, you know, that, that, <laughs> may be, that may be from a more biased perspective. Um, especially like the ones where they speak Mandarin, but um, uh, I think his movies, like he had a, he had a little streak. I felt like where he was like, constantly on fire i think it started with chunking express and this is where he really found his footing because his first movie ashes of time didn't really have a stop no way not ashes of time um as tears go by didn't really have his um you know signature style it was very narrative driven mm-hmm. he did like days of being wild which is the first it, like you know in the mood for love is the sequel to that one and um and the ashes of time which you know was kind of a mess but with chunking express he kind of found his style he kind of repeated it with fallen angels you know did something with like happy together and then in the mood for love 
So he had, he that, did that have is, like, that yeah. is quite a run. Jesus. Yeah. He did have a good streak. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good streak. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. He did have a really good streak where he was like, you know, really popular at, the, you know, like uh, film festivals and whatnot. Um, I think he made a movie in America and it kind of like flopped a little bit and that's where he kind of like lost his footing a little bit, but yeah. Mm, I think that's part of why I really, really enjoy Chunking Express is that I feel like it's, it is almost noticeable how loose the film is. Uh-huh. And like, I was thinking about this today and how there is stuff happening, but I think a lot of people could easily argue that nothing really actually happens to mm-hmm. some extent in this movie. Like it is a very much so like a slice of life film, which I personally really like. Um, and I find this one really interesting just because he could have easily just had it solely focused on like the male narration within the film, but we get really brief narration bubbles with both the women who are featured in the film. And I find that really interesting and just that he is in some ways intentionally trying to integrate all the characters into the story rather than keeping it like a male dominated story, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. I I would say that it almost centers more around the women in both stories. Totally. Um, I mean, I would say that the women definitely are are more consequential and then the men Mm. are sort of uh, sort of drawn to the women in a number of Mm. ways. But but I mean, in both cases, like like in in like the first story, for instance, like the guy is just really into the woman with the blonde wig wig. And he's just like, oh, I want to just be with you. And she's like, I'm too cool for you. And then in the second story, the woman's the one that's like, that's like that's like, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to break into your apartment and I'm going to like go travel or whatever. Like, but, mm-hmm. but they're but, but they're both definitely drivers of the story, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. And I don't think uh, uh, Tony Dansawa even has his own um, narration. I, I don't oh, think, he, no, I, think I don't think right. he I don't remember that. But uh, Wang Fei definitely has her like mm-hmm. narration at certain points where she's like thinking about him you know so yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if like tony has it yeah. but i'm I, thinking too I, I don't remember i don't think I, he did. yeah i think maybe what i'm thinking of is not necessarily narration but we do get the scenes where he's in his apartment alone and he's yes. talking yeah. out loud oh yeah, like, yeah yeah so we're almost getting an external yeah. narration from him in those moments and just like processing yeah. the grief he has for his former relationship yeah, actually, like really interesting. Yeah. I actually love that shit when he's like talking yeah. and he's like, oh man, you like lost so much weight and like the uh, <laughs> yeah. owl crying. And shit. I, I think that's like, I think like I, I really love that. Like, especially when I first watched it, I just thought that was super charming. And I was like, yeah, so cute. <laughs> um, do you want to know what those scenes remind me of though? And I can't ever get it out of my head. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> when he's sitting in his apartment talking to these objects it yeah. reminds me of that spongebob episode where he's trapped in his house and he's sitting oh, on the yeah. floor with a tissue and a penny and a chip and he like befriends them because he has no one else to talk to that's what this reminds me of like spot on yeah <laughs> Dude, is a hack you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you be spongebob you know, I thought you were going to actually say something else because oh. whenever I get into the second part, I'm always reminded of Emily because oh. I feel like there's like a lot of like parallels with like, you know, how like Emily like breaks into the apartment of like yeah. the neighbor and like switches his toothbrushes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And every time I, I always just wonder like, 
Oh. I think Emily was inspired by it. Like, definitely. Oh, no, totally. Oh, wait. Oh, that's yeah, a great comparison, actually. That, yeah. No, I didn't ever think of that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's a good point, though. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah. I love Emily. Yeah, it is. That's, that's a really good movie. I've been too. to that cafe a few times that she goes to in, in France. France. It's a cute little cafe. Yeah. Okay. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Right by the canals mm-hmm. where she, like, st- skips stones on the canals. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, I have no other thoughts. <laughs> That's it for me. Yeah, uh, any anyone else want to chime in on Chunking Express? No, but like, um, coming back to like the first uh first uh mm. portion of the movie, because like I actually did like I I did jot down some notes uh while I was watching. Uh, me too. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like, <laughs> um, so I think I think it's really cool that because in movies, oftentimes like the dude is older than the girl uh sometimes way older than the girl mm-hmm. to the point where it's just kind of creepy um totally. i don't know if you know um so um what's lynn's first name bridget yeah bridget lynn the the lady in the blonde wig yeah. so she is like 25 years older than takeshi kaneshiro oh my you know, god like, like milf energy right and like she's like <laughs> she's like double his age. i think i think she's like 50 and kaneshiro was wow. like 45 when obviously she was wearing sunglasses the whole she time. looks so good yeah, yeah so, really so you can't, can't really tell. tell but like yeah she is like do we huge. ever see her eyes yeah you never see it yeah she is a huge just like wonka why himself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has like huge milf energy in this movie like and i think i think i really like the fact that or i really doesn't you know like you know even like make that aspect like obvious or like intentional because like mm-hmm. oftentimes yeah. when a story is about an older woman and a younger guy like the the narrative makes a lot of like emphasis on that fact mm-hmm. and i think i mean obviously you know like their relationship was only like a night long but i think it's kind of nice that he chooses not to focus on that aspect and yeah, um, yeah. i mean no other thoughts about that one but like yeah plus I just, there's not really like a relationship that happens yeah. it's mm-hmm. sort of just like uh nothing it's really just like a hangout even even then yeah <laughs> like they, they don't really even hang out he's just eating alone while she's sleeping you know yeah like, he just eats like five chef salads and... <laughs> dude this guy just can't stop eating i cannot stop yeah, eating. He, yeah. He's like, I'm eating. what's going on <laughs> No, that's what Paige kept oh, saying. That was so like, funny. He has a problem with eating. Dude, I know you have a eating problem. Um, why did she murder the bartender? Oh, like at the I very always end. wonder that. I, I wonder that every time. I have no idea. Like at the very end at of the very end. Yeah. See, I, I guess no, it's you go. a mystery. I, I, um, yeah. I, I have a thought, but okay. I want to hear Jason's thought first. Okay. Honestly, I have no thoughts. I always assumed that this was just like her profession like i think it was like implied that she is like you know an assassin or something like that and the bartender was just her next target i never really like put any thought man i really don't think a lot when i watch this you know i just like feel it you know (laughs) yeah yeah i wonder wonder if it has i wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that like the the girl that he works with like maybe his wife or something like she put on that the same wig that the girl had on this is my thought. Oh, wait. Oh. I think that has major significance in why the bartender was killed. I was thinking that maybe she used to go out with the bartender oh. and then the, the new girl is like role playing like she's the other one. And then the bartender's oh. like, 
the main girl's ex or Paige was thinking like maybe like all maybe there's like a whole like army of like blonde women that are all like his like <laughs> drug mules mm. but I think I don't know about that because I don't know that would be like very, very easy to spot right yeah that but is super like <laughs> with it. Who, who has blonde hair in Asia you know like <laughs> but um I think it had something to do with the 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 female bartender the bartender's curl friend or whoever putting on the blonde wick that's what I think huh mm-hmm. I never thought it like that man I really don't like engage my thinking when I'm like watching yeah yeah, same I, just, here. yeah I just kind of take it for it granted you know like I, I, I kind of appreciate that, like, when I'm watching, like, Wong Kar Wai movies, you know, like, even things that don't make sense, like, I, it doesn't, like, logically bother me, like, when I, like, when I watch yeah. his movies. I never thought about it, but yeah, you're right, you know, like, the bartender's, like, new girlfriend does wear a blonde wig, and, like, you know, they bang, and, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, I'm sure that has to do with something with why, like, uh, uh bridget the woman the main woman with the blonde wig ends up like shooting him at the end but yeah i never thought about that that's a good question (laughs) i think it like speaks to the appeal of her character in a way like even in the synopsis on letterbox she's described as just a mysterious woman and we get all of these allusions to what she's doing and obviously she's involved in crime to some extent (laughs) Uh, (laughs) obviously she's murdering people um but I think it's really fascinating that we don't really get any insight into that. And I think that's partially because we're not meant to really know her well. And then it's fascinating because even the scenes where we get her on her own, like going about whatever her day to day might look like on the reg, like those scenes where she is committing crimes are always like hyper blurry and very like stilted in a way where you're not getting a proper visual effect which is really interesting like i think it's like 12 frames per second i think wong car is cutting out every other frame no actually i think it's six six? i I don't remember but like them it might be six yeah because he he actually he actually loves doing that i (laughs) yeah like it's it's a style he loves to use i forgot Mm. the term but um it feels very 90s for whatever reason yeah the whole thing feels very 90s it, yeah the, oh totally yeah. oh totally just like does. the soundtrack and the <clears throat> and the haircuts and the whole just i mean just really the vibe of it it feels yes <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it feels like like spontaneous like we were talking about mm-hmm. like there's some mm-hmm. there's something about like especially the second chapter that just makes me want to walk out and like walk out into the world and like see what life has for me and just like experience and just not have any plan like it just that's like the feeling that i get after i finish watching mm. this i actually do agree with that too like I, I i think yeah it does feel really 90s um uh especially like how like i i also really like how the movie like captures how humid hong kong is i don't know the movie just looks really wet <laughs> like <laughs> it just looks really wet you know like especially yeah. in morning times like like in this like one like prologue sequence when like in the second story where tony is with with his ex-girlfriend right the um what's mm. the term where like a woman is in the airplane 
Stewardess. stewardess. Yeah, stewardess. Yeah. Yeah. So, My like, mom is one of those. Yeah. Okay. You're, a woman is in the airplane. Any woman in a plane? <laughs> so yeah, the woman is in the exactly airplane. Yeah. <laughs> so she. Brilliant. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where they're like, they just finished banging, and they're like super sweaty and whatnot, and it just feels so wet, you know? Like, I'm just like, wow, like that's literally what Asia feels like. Like, that's that's literally it, you know? It just like it and takes me crazy. back, you know? It takes yeah. me back. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> they're like super sweaty, and she has to like be a woman on the airplane again right afterwards. And, like, <laughs> Yeah, so hard to be a woman on the airplane. <laughs> oh, so hard, you guys. So hard. So challenges hard. being a woman on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, did you? There's just something I noticed in the movie. I don't know if you guys noticed. Um, in the first part of the movie, you can see Faye. Like, did you guys notice she was in the first part? Mm-hmm. Like in the yeah. background at one point, she was like buying yeah, yeah, yeah. a giant Garfield stuffed yep. animal. Oh, that was Garfield. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was Garfield. Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and you see yeah. the woman who works in the airplane in the first part. As well. <laughs> the stewardess. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, you do. She she walks out of an airport in one throwaway scene in the first part. That's all. And you huh. see and you see Tony as well, like interacting with like uh cop two twenty three Takeshi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First I just love how like lived in this scenes like. I love how like Wong Kar Wai does his movies, how like each of them is like, he just like creates like a world where like just exists. Like people like mention each other from like different films. It really reminds me of like Jacques Demy because like that's sort of like his whole thing. Like all his movies are sort of like connected in a way. Like they just reference each other at some points. Like it's just something that like feels really awesome to see in like a movie. I feel like they're really similar. Like, do you guys, would you guys agree with that? Or am I just like, I I really agree with that. Like, I think it's, I I wouldn't say it's in like all of his movies, but yeah, I think like it is true that like Wong Kar Wai does make references in his movies to like his previous stuff as well. And just even Mm -hmm. within like one movie, it's like universe, like these characters do bump into each other from time to time, like without really knowing it, you know, like, it, you know, like transitioning from the first story to the second story, uh, Cop Two Twenty Three briefly like bumps into Wang Fei, right? And um, mm-hmm. but that's how the story ends, right? And then like even in the second story, like you see characters from the first story kind of popping back up from time to time. I actually mm-hmm. didn't really note down what it was, so I don't really remember. But I remember more specifically in the first story where like characters mm-hmm. in the second part would like show up briefly um kind of like in throwaway scenes and it's kind of like a nice like thing to catch on like multiple rewatches it's like you know it's like fun puzzle to like mm-hmm. like look for yeah mm-hmm. but yeah yeah, yeah it makes it feel so like expansive like it's just the world is so real i don't know it's just sure, like yeah. a really cool thing to put in a movie yeah, yeah. And I, I really appreciate the subtlety that he uses when he's doing stuff like that, where we're getting these throwaway scenes with the characters in different areas where, like, you wouldn't expect to see them because in some ways, like, that method of integration reminds me of, like, the U.S. equivalent of 
like a Valentine's Day or a New Year's <laughs> Eve or like he's not that into you, you know, like these kind of corny like rom-coms where they start out all separate and then they all converge in the end. And I find that so heavy handed mm. and really difficult to truly appreciate because like within five minutes, you're like, oh, damn, this is one of those movies where they're all going to be related. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like kind of frustrating. Whereas in Chunking Express, like there is an illusion that these people all are related in some capacity, but it's done so quietly mm-hmm. that it never feels mm-hmm. overwhelming or like overbearing while you're watching. It's in, like you said, like you, you have to almost like notice it on a rewatch rather than like First the first time. time. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, you should totally watch Altman in that case. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're a fan, dude. Uh, Jason knows me too well. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So embarrassing. That's so Um, funny. No, I mean, but, like, Altman does that seamlessly where it's Mm. not, it's not as, like, oh, and then this person's connected to this person. Don't don't Mm. anyone dare hate on Love Actually. But... Um, that's a good Alt- movie. Alt- it is. Altman Altman does it very seamlessly. And and not only that, but I, I do think that this movie has a spontaneity that also Altman... It's a smaller pos- scale Altman movie. Possesses. You know, Alt- mm-hmm. Like 24 characters. This yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> oh, Gosford Park. <laughs> I love... Gosford Park I is follow so hard to follow. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. I wasn't expecting to like five out of five Gosford Goff- mm-hmm. Park, but I just did. I just fived it. I it had, just deserves it. I had Wikipedia wow. up the entire film because I had to, I couldn't remember anybody's names. <laughs> it was tough <laughs> for me. Yeah. Just, just overlapping dialogue constantly. I, I just had no idea it. what anyone was saying and who anyone was. And then I was like, the movie ends and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> It reminds me of like my family reunions. Everyone's just kind of <laughs> whatever. I just feel. I mean, like who talks like they do in movies, where like you have a table of twenty people, right. one at a time, right? Takes a turn. <laughs> well, who does that? Yeah, no, no one. Sorkin, who does that? <laughs> I actually have something to say. Okay. Can I say it, actually. or do you want to go, Clara? No, you can. Oh my you god! Say it. First time. Okay. First time. So. My my favorite part in the movie, like the entire movie, it's like the literalist thing ever. Okay. It's like when the stewardess, the woman on the plane, oh, the woman on the plane, she, yeah. <laughs> she comes in to like deliver the letter, and she's like, "Where's the guy who always orders the chef salad?" And then the the and then Faye walks behind her and like stands up and like like compares herself to her. <laughs> that was like. Such an awesome moment. I loved that so much. It was like, I just, I don't know. That was like so awesome. It was hilarious too. I love that. I didn't re- realize that. I thought she just like looked at her kind of weirdly, you know, like. Yeah, she weirdly. like, she like looked at her and like arched her back and like, <laughs> like, I think she got on like her tippy toes too. Like she was yeah. trying to like yeah. size her up. Oh, it's super funny. Damn. In an alternate cut, they would square up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the I was waiting for the fight scene, but it never happened. Do we want to? Um, you yeah, know, we forgot to do for Little Women. Clara is is oh. cool trick award. Oh God! See, Ooh. we were just we were a mess for that episode. Yeah, we were <laughs> cool trick for award. Forty five and said absolutely nothing productive. Um, no, just kidding. Yeah. It was a very episode. <laughs> I um, but I liked it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, cool, cool. Cool trick award Ooh. for this movie. 
Do you have any? Do you have any nominations? What does that even mean, dude? Uh, I I will nominate um the the man from the first story. He runs in the rain and doesn't get cold. That's just okay. me every day. In the that's morning. a cool that's trick. A cool trick. I wish I could do that. I can't do that. I'm I'm gonna. Oh, Clara, adding on to that. Oh. Um, he was he was running in the rain, and that was after an entire night of eating thirty oh cans of pineapples, drinking so much, <laughs> eating like five chef salads, and then he runs around. So this is true. that's an even cooler trick. It's just a cool trick. Okay, well, I would I would nominate eating thirty cans of pineapple. All right, all right, thirty cans of expired pineapple. Sounds like the first guy's our man. <laughs> yeah. First guy, cool trick, man. Jason, do you have any? Do you have any cool tricks? Awesome, you want to awesome. Nominate something first. I gotta like. I gotta like. I gotta like brainstorm. I'm trying to think if I can think of any other ones. Tricks. Um. Oh. Uh, the first guy he took down like a criminal, I think. Right. Oh like, yeah. When he, like, tackled he, someone. He was a cop. Dude, I mean, is that? Yeah, he was a cop. Eating? 30 cans of pineapple i mean no i'm just um, nominating stuff i mean we already know we lost <laughs> i have another nomination which yeah. is i'll nominate Faye for the one time she was in the apartment and the cop came home for lunch and she was hiding and she would move around the apartment yep. so that he wouldn't know she was there it's a cool trick that's a cool ass that is, trick that is a cool trick she Wait, I want to like. Job. I want to like bring up a tangent. I actually noted this down <laughs> my note because like it it really bothered me. But like, are you, you know stalling how, because you don't have a cool trick? Low key. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know how like Wang Fei like cleans the uh, entire apartment like while like he's like not home or whatever. Yeah. It really bothers me that she's like wearing her shoes inside while cleaning and like stepping on the bed with her shoes on. Like, is the room really any cleaner if she's just like stomping? around with her fucking dirty ass shoes yeah <laughs> like, i did think that that is not a cool trick <laughs> that's the opposite trick. of a cool trick <laughs> that is an uncool trick. lame trick bro <laughs> i don't know why that bothered me so much i always like see it like every time i watch it i'm just like come on dude take off your shoes but like oh, yeah no. that's all i got my actual cool trick is um in the second guy uh-huh. drinking coffee in slow-mo that's all i got <laughs> That was a cool oh trick. Oh my, that was like so awesome. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I might, I might, I might go with Clara's of, of, um, of evading his capture. In the I think I'm going to go with that one too. That'll I think, be my one. I think that's a solid trick. I think that might be cooler than eating 30 cans of pineapple. And running after a whole <laughs> night of eating. <laughs> after eating five chef salads. <laughs> I did good nominations today. For sure. As someone that loves to run when he's drunk. <laughs> oh no particularly no no you know oh, no. the difference no I, I when when i get drunk i don't i don't tend to run away from people okay like, good that's those he kinds runs of runners them. that drive me insane i just want to like run to the end of the block and back and oh okay, okay. I, don't, <laughs> I don't want people to get worried about me but i i do i do like to i do like to drunk exercise which is great because you don't it doesn't take a lot out of you yeah and uh then you feel like you have exercise in the morning sometimes i'll just like run home <laughs> oh my god you know what i mean i've done that before you know? i can't relate to that i am not a runner in- <laughs> oh, I'm, not a, I'm not a sober runner <laughs> no 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 yeah I thought I Clara's about to say I'm not a drinker, but she said I'm oh. not a <laughs> no i well to be fair i did cross country in high school 
which so did maybe, I actually. Uh, which maybe that's why I don't like to run when I'm drunk because it's yeah. just the exact opposite of what I want to be doing. So are we giving Faye or the, we'll give it the to Faye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, my girl. Okay, I had a question. I feel like Jason, you could probably answer this best but it was just something i like interpreted about Faye's character and i feel like part of why i like her character the most in the movie is because she feels relatively non-conforming to the expectation stand by women i guess and i don't know if that's just me like projecting a little bit oh no am i frozen what i'm wondering is is i really like Faye's character and i feel like a huge part of that is because she across very non-conforming to me in the way that she like exists oh my god it did it again (laughs) (laughs) she comes across as non-conforming we got that part yeah yeah right like yeah that's what i'm wondering is is that accurate should we mansplain our point your point back to you (laughs) i love i love when men do that for me yes let's do that I would actually say that is true because um, um, I think it's so I'm, I'm not super fam- familiar with Wang Fei, but she's very famous in like, mm. the you know, the Chinese speaking circle. And uh, uh, I guess like beyond just like her short hair and whatever. Yeah. Right. I think that's like the like the most surface level one. But mm-hmm. she's able to keep that like short hair and. Um, not to make it overly simplified, but remain like kind of like a beauty symbol in uh, China. And because like, mm. you know, like how like you know, like g- like general beauty um, expectation is usually like longer hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for her, mm. I think she like actually does kind of like defy that because she is actually quite known for her short hair. So interesting. Um, so uh, it's she does kind of like kind of reject like the um, conventional like like look of an Asian woman. Cause like, I would mm-hmm. say someone like Bridget Lin kind of like fits into that mold a lot better, but totally. like, Wong Fei kind of has that like vibe where she kind of like, she's still seen as like really feminine, but she doesn't mm-hmm. have to like express it in her more like stereotypical, like feminine manner. She rocks the pixie cut. She really does. Yeah. She does. And that yeah. makes very famous on her. That's her most oh, famous yeah. hairstyle. Wow. I, I, I really recognize her does in long she, hair. Yeah. Does she grow it? She grows out her hair a little bit when she comes back, right? From the mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little longer. Yeah. So is that is that symbolic in any way, or is that just like and she's she's presenting a new her at that point? I, think she I just- feel like it feels symbolic because I think the other thing that I mm-hmm. find so interesting about her at first is that she she appearance wise comes across as non conforming, and then mm-hmm. I feel like a lot about the way she is going through life feels very non conforming, in that like she just doesn't have a plan. Like, she's just kind of like, I'm saving up. I don't, I want to go places, but I don't really know what I want to do. I don't want to go to school and it feels very loose. And then she kind of does find a route to get to do the things she wants to do, like travel, but in a way that is like conforming in a way, I guess. Like she's working a more like, not stable, but she's working a more prestigious job, I guess. Yeah, and woman on so, the airplane. Yeah. Yes, woman on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. My mom will be so mad That's if she hears job. me say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, mom. Job oh. qualifications. <laughs> Sarah, I have a question. Okay. Must be women. Must be on airplane. Um, <laughs> so, how would you say, like, 
Faye's character relates to or doesn't relate to like the manic pixie dream girl archetype. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad we're bringing this up because I feel like both the women in some, to some extent do embody that concept. I think mm-hmm. the difference, especially with Faye in this story is her scenes aren't, her scenes are about the man in that she, everything she's doing is to some extent to like make him happier. And that falls in line a lot with what we see with the manic pixie dream girl concept. But when that's happening, it's usually because the man is projecting onto the woman and is kind of almost like forcing her into a role. Whereas Faye is like intentionally choosing to do certain things to help better this guy's life. Like she recognizes that he's upset and lonely and sad. And then she likes him and she starts doing all this stuff very subtly. Like she doesn't want to get caught. She freaks out when he comes home. And so it's fascinating in that way, because in in a certain extent, I would argue that she's almost like the counterpoint to that in that women can find like purpose and fulfillment in certain concepts of more traditional like femininity and like taking care of the house and doing these types of things when it's not forced on them by like men. And that's what I see a lot mm-hmm. of with Faye is that she's doing these things because she wants to rather than the man kind of expecting it from her or like anything like that. Yeah. It's odd to think it's, it's really odd to think of her. That's a really good point. And it's, it's yeah. odd to think of her tasks as domestic in some ways because they're yeah. so mischievous. Yeah. I actually think, yeah, I actually think like she actually has a lot more agency than uh, yeah. always character does. Cause he just kind of sits around and lets things happen to him. But like mm-hmm. Wang Fei actually, wait, is, is Wang Fei's character named Faye in the movie? Yes, she is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's like Faye's actually like doing most of the stuff in the movie. You know, yeah. like she's like, she's the one that like chooses to, you know, break into his house and do that shit. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not because the dude is forcing him or her to or anything. And like she, you know, like actively, you know, like makes enough money to go to California, you know, mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and yeah, so like in in a lot of ways i actually feel like sh- like she like makes a lot more of the decisions than like tony does in the second yeah, yeah. totally i definitely yeah. agree with that so like it's tony- funny too because because like when she's like doing all the, like the breaking into the apartment stuff like i feel like i should be mad <laughs> like what is this like you're literally like you're like breaking into someone's apartment, but like in this movie, it's just like fine to me. Like I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> do it. Like that's Good awesome. For you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually like thought about that. Like, um, I wanted to bring up because like the um like the the moral like like nature of her doing this, or like I don't know, like like I don't know if I like necessarily approve of like Faye just like breaking. I don't know, but it feels like more like yeah, for some reason i like don't really have an issue with it you know mm-hmm. like it like yeah. it can come off as kind of creepy i get that like yeah <laughs> I, I get it but yeah like, it, it feels more like like metaphorical instead of like an actual thing mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. sort of how it felt with me at least yeah it kind of feels like Faye's just like slowly creeping into like tony's life like without mm-hmm. him even like 
knowing it you know like mm -hmm. it's like whole like uh you know house like gets like an upgrade but he doesn't like he it, like he doesn't treat it as it's if it's like anything like surprising maybe like he's just i don't know maybe he just thinks he's like happier so like everything around him looks like better i don't yeah it does feel more metaphorical i have no idea where i'm going with that but like yeah. lost in there no totally yeah. i love i love how he opens the door and she's in there and then He's like, what are you doing in my apartment? And she's like, you told me to drop by. <laughs> like, he's like, why are you like, why are you confused? <laughs> no, I know. She's like, she just like flips out and then like is trying to, is she trying to backtrack. The door. Like, I love what you're like. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so I, funny. Yeah. Either, either. I mean, I mean, like I was saying about how the, um, the structure of the movie is so unconventional. I also mm. can't think of a movie that literally has four songs or, you know, you know, five, actually. Yeah. Five. Finally, finally, we're talking about the soundtrack. <laughs> There's five songs that I can think of. And please correct me if I'm wrong. There's the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. There's the. Yeah. That. That's... Not every day. <laughs> There's that one. There's the there's what a difference, what a, difference a, day a day made. Which one? Wait, do that again. Twenty-four little hours. Like when that one? Like after Tony. Yeah. And, oh. Which one was the second one? I I you cut out for the second one. Oh, it's not every day. We're... Oh yeah, yeah. I love that, that one. one? <laughs> uh there's the um there's the California Dreamin'. Yeah. And then Iconic Dreams. There's the yes. there's the Cantonese version of Dreams. Mm -hmm. um yeah. and all very distinct and there's like and he repeats them often yeah and it's mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see like repetition especially of california dreaming i mean that mm -hmm. that one's really really crucial in this yeah i think that i i, I think this movie puts a different um perspective on california dreaming for me which is really interesting where it's mm -hmm. like i've always i'm from california i've always related to that song but then like to, to see someone in the 90s in Hong Kong in just such a different place, dreaming of California yeah. and dreaming of getting away. It's oh, man. Such a different perspective, and it's so awesome. Um, but, yeah, like, what do you guys think of, like, just the repetition in the soundtrack, I guess, and then also of that That's, song? like, so nice. Like, just Wong Kar Wai does that in, like, every single one of his movies, and it's so awesome. And I'm going to bring up right now, you should watch Happy Together because... The thing that you're saying with like the recontextualizing the song, he does that so well in in Happy Together, because he uses the song Happy Together. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's Happy Together by? The Turtles. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say the Doves. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, like a turtle dove. <laughs> but um, he only did that in the '90s. He he stopped doing that in the <laughs> just just to let you guys know. Oh, um, uh, boo. <laughs> Or he didn't do it in uh, in Sad. the mood for love or twenty forty six. I think he no no. But like in the mood for love had this score that like oh yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so like oh, yeah 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 that's oh man that that's a really good score <laughs> that's right it it did have the score yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I I actually really do like the uh, uh songs that he chose for chunking express i think the repetition kind of like instead of being annoying i don't know it almost feels like inviting i don't know i i like yeah i like that definitely he plays the songs multiple times 
um it's i i guess it just like calls back to like the previous time like in the movie where like he plays a song and like i really like that one part where like <laughs> they're in the apartment together and like um uh tony leung is like playing like his like girlfriend cds and like california dream starts playing he's just like yeah i think my like girlfriend like this and then like yeah. long face just like yeah. yeah actually he's lying i just put it there <laughs> yeah 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 i love that i don't know I like it. i don't know if i have anything like smart to say about the music choices but i did like them a lot i also liked um i also did not know that yeah. was originally an english song i heard the cantonese one as a kid like that was like the famous one where we that we listened to at home and i always thought it was cantonese and only cantonese wow. that there was an english version and i also didn't realize the english version was the original dolores riordan i believe is that the lead, singer lead singer of the cranberries oh, God. Okay. isn't it dolores riordan she passed away recently okay okay D the what well, the song's called dreams right the song is called dreams yeah. yes all right all right the trans the the chinese title <clears throat> man of my dreams this is the same shit same shit yeah. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Same idea. oh another thing i was gonna say about the music is that like the way that it's used in this like it sort of feels like like when i look back at certain points in my life like my memories like i associate songs with like sp mm -hmm. certain times and like certain feelings and it sort of like wong kar wai like translates that onto the screen Mm. like you associate the music with like a certain time or a certain feeling or emotion or anything like that and i've just like never seen that in like a movie before like that's just the way he uses it, it's like really incredible yeah absolutely i asked this question on the patreon call and i think shout out to my patrons first of all <laughs> yeah woo! um is there a song for each of you that like takes you back to a specific moment and place like more than more than other songs you guys gotta answer that first i gotta think about this <laughs> i can't answer yeah, first because I, I i answered on the the patreon <laughs> so i can answer but, but, again but there's no recorded evidence of that no. that's true no one knows except true. the patreons go so, go for the content clara you got it'll you gotta stay that way content. <laughs> um so mine is um I said this when we were talking about it last time, but this is like such like a me thing to like pick because it's a song that by like a musician that like no one really knows anything about. Um, <laughs> but mine is a song called Play and it's by an artist called I Am Am I Who Am I, um, <laughs> which is spot on me. Um, but it's a song that I found when I was it was like 2015, 2016, and I was a sophomore in college, and it was just like a really weird time in my life, but I found that song, and it's been one of my favorite songs since then, but I have so many, like, memories associated with those years, because it was the song I was just constantly listening to, so, like, I don't even think I got into this that much when we were on the call, but I, it reminds me of, like, falling in love with an ex, and it reminds me of, like, driving at night with like my best friends and it reminds me of standing out in the cold on a month like in montana on a like below 10 degree night smoking a cigarette which i don't need to be doing but i was doing that uh <laughs> i quit it's okay um 
yeah uh, it's fine um but there's just there's so Keep many little guys. yeah no no uh, don't smoke cigarettes um <laughs> there's just so many like different and like memories I have tied to that song that like it just takes me back to those years where like I was like not a happy person but I associate a lot of like my best memories to that time so it's like a really conflicting feeling but like in a interesting I love that song that's a great song that's really cool yeah super cool all right i okay mo- a lot of them are like korean songs but i'll mention a few english ones no, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you, can, you can do anything i can't do pronounce song. the korean song so yeah oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. one that i could think of immediately is this song called you and me by lifehouse i'm sure it's a pretty famous song mm, mm-hmm. um i sang it to a girl to ask her to prom so stop that's so cute yeah, so that one Ooh. is her name is Oh my god, bleep it out. Please don't bleep out her last name. Don't dox her. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Her okay. name is we'll Bleep. We'll yeah, bleep that. Uh, it's okay. We're shouting her out. We're giving her. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll bleep her out. We'll she did her. not consent to be on this yeah. podcast. Hey, if you're listening to this, Jason wants you back. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Jason's girlfriend is not listening. Jason's girlfriend, don't listen to this podcast. Oh my god. That's oh so- my god. All right. We'll discuss this more after we stop recording. Oh my um, god. Another one. <laughs> let me think. An- another one is um All right, this one's a little, little less uh No Role Models by J Cole cuz Oh. Yes. My friends used to play it in the car all the time. And I think like one of my friends' iPod was like broken and this was the only song that it could play. So we heard it. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's another that's one. So funny. Um, and then uh what else? Um okay, here's one last one, but uh self-control by Frank Ocean. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. uh, uh, that because... song is that's literally the best song in <laughs> uh that is a song that uh my girlfriend and i listen to and not my current uh, girlfriend okay not believe <laughs> not the <bleep. laughs> okay funny bleep story mm-hmm. um me and my friend like we're in like video production Mm. and um and we ran out of time on this project so we made this mockumentary about like a soundcloud rapper <laughs> he was like swearing a shit time you know but i was like we'll just bleep it out and then he won't really the professor won't really know if we were swearing or not right yeah so i did the first half of the bleeping and editing and then i just left him to do the rest of it but when he was bleeping oh, no. the rest of it he forgot to also mute the track and <gasps> <laughs> you just hear the bleep over the you hear exactly what he's saying all the time oh that's awful he played that in front of the class i was like dude <gasps> don't listen back to this <laughs> and don't make that mistake when uh i'll be yeah. fine oh my god that's so funny no doxing <laughs> no wow. dox oh, my doxing. though we do like doxins my my favorite my this one song that brings me back to like mm-hmm. a specific time and place <laughs> i mean like i have i have songs that i have very specific memories with uh-huh. mm-hmm. but like i would say like 
if you turned on uh what's that song the jason derulo song uh if you turn on talk dirty i can like think about times that i've had memories with you know but like there's like the like if there's one song that like i turn on and i'm instantly in a place it's uh bob dylan stuck inside a mobile with the memphis blues again and it was i was i was in paris one day and I was at the Musée d'Orsay and I was like looking at all the paintings. I'd been there like a bunch at that point because I'd like lived there for a while. But mm-hmm. it started, it, it, I, I was just back. Like I got there super early in the morning, but I knew like the back way up to like the paintings that I wanted to see. So I was just hanging around the paintings and no one was n- near me. And I was just like, it's just me and my fucking favorite paintings. I was so happy. And, and then it started snowing outside. And so I looked outside and I was like, it never snows in Paris. I just have to be outside. I love these paintings. I've seen them before. And, and so I went and so I said goodbye to the paintings and I went outside and I just like walked around in the snow and I found this bench and I sat on the bench overlooking the sun as it was snowing. And I was like, I need to listen to Bob Dylan. I just needed that. And then I just, I put on blonde on blonde and like that song just in particular, as I was just like sitting there as it was snowing, I just like instantly takes me back to the cold and the feeling and the sounds and just everything mm. It's bizarre. And it's weird because it's, it's about being stuck in the South, which is not where I was, <laughs> but in that way it says it has something in common with California dream, which is very much about being stuck on the East coast. And she's listening in like sweaty Hong Kong, you yep. know? And so it's like, it's one of those things where it reminds me of her experience with this song where it's like, it's just completely different time and place from the intention of the song, but it somehow just fits the mood perfectly. Yeah. It does capture that, like, you know, that, you know, how like songs can transport you back into like um, a certain place, like immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've never yeah. Seen a movie do something like that. And I think that's really special. Yeah. I think um, you know, it, it it, it really like shows like how like a strong soundtrack can really like not carry a movie but like enhance the movie as well i'm sure like tarantino has like pulled a lot of like <laughs> can we briefly shout out uh ladybird with crash into me oh yeah we, yeah, uh, yeah move off this topic yeah yeah, yeah. no wait like- we also still have to do austin song yeah, I do. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I just don't. I just don't want us to forget. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I used to listen to Childish Gambino all the time. Shout out Childish Gambino poster right there. Wait, why are um, we allowed to shout out Childish Gambino, but we're not allowed to shout out Jason's uh, prom date? Because because Childish Gambino is a celebrity. He can't. Yeah. He he's just like part of his whole thing is to be talked about by people. <laughs> bleep, yeah. bleep did not sign up for that <laughs> she is just a person who went to prom with jason yeah we can't mention the uh, name <laughs> Thomas Gambino, if you're listening to this what up i love your music <laughs> but i used to listen to the martian Gambino, like all the time in high school mm. and another song um is versace by drake um so i used to swim in high school Mm -hmm. and like i was on the swim team with my sister like my older sister shout out savannah you're not listening probably but whatever (laughs) anyway bleeping savannah Um, yeah bleep my sister why do you want to shout out your sister (laughs) because like because we know 
I'm just shouting okay. at anybody. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not kidding. I am anyways, protecting um, bleep. <laughs> Yo, bleep. Yeah, so we were... So we were on the swim team um, and we would have early morning practices at like five in the morning. It was ridiculous. So I always associate like that song with like that time and like a bunch of other songs, like not just mm. that one, but like that was just one of them we listened to and just vibed out with. So I love that. That's, that's my awesome. answer. What's everyone's favorite song from Chunking Express? California, California Dreaming. <laughs> Mine is not California Dreaming. Better question, oh. Austin. We need better questions. <laughs> it's dreams. Better <laughs> questions. No, no. What? What? My what? my favorite my favorite song from this is actually "What a Difference a Day Makes." Mm-hmm. Oh. I feel like that one is just so much better. Like I I like <laughs> love both of them, but like Whoa. "What a Difference a Day wow. Makes." Like that just like I don't know. It just like connects with me a lot a lot more. I guess you don't have to like hate on California. <laughs> Here. I mean, this is all right, all right. Yeah, um, fuck California dreaming. Wow. Bleep, bleep California. <laughs> Yo, oh my fuck God. the mamas and the papas, dude. Jesus. <laughs> no, but uh, carrying off of that hot take, I also think Fallen Angels soundtrack is better than Chunking Express soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's more Asian centric. But oh, I, interesting. I think this works for me better because like, mm-hmm. it's also just very cool. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're not hating on California. Things. That shit banger, dude. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, I actually just I just remembered. No, yeah, you said awesome. in your. I remember in your playtime podcast, you said that you thought California Dreaming was like the best song, right? Wow. Like you thought it was like a mixture of like the best elements of or something. I, rem- I think I remember you saying that. Thanks for remembering what I said and what episode <laughs> I said it on. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I do agree with my, the comments of my former self. <laughs> yes. Yes. Indeed. I I'm do so agree with did. myself. <laughs> Past Ethan was, was speaking fast. Yeah. I would have been shocked if you disagreed. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That's yeah. even spits. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were trying to come up with like, with like objectively the the greatest song of all time, like if you had to like if you had to like come up with an objective opinion of what the greatest song of all time, like California Dream is in the top mm-hmm. five. Yeah, Boyfriend right? by Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no yummy. Boo. <laughs> Not no. yummy. Oh my god. California Dreamin' and uh, Hallelujah, I'd say, are both, like, my, I have. my two biggest nominations. Any other thoughts on the movie? So one one huge thing about uh, Wong Kar Wai that um, I want to bring up is actually uh, Moonlight is my favorite movie of all time. And Barry mm-hmm. Jenkins mentioned that like, Wong Kar Wai is a huge uh, influence on his movie, especially... Yeah being uh happy together or in the mood for love he mm-hmm. pretty much straight up just pulls shots out of those two movies and puts it in moonlight so um yeah nothing nothing smart about that comment but like like these are just two of my favorite filmmakers and like yeah. I, I enjoy Same. that they kind of like that barry jenkins takes so much inspiration from wong because i think there's I think it's really charming the way he uses those shots in his movies too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Plus f- he, it's like, he still has his own like style too. Like yeah. it's not like yeah. he's just stealing or anything. Like he's, he like takes the style and like makes it into his own thing Absolutely. that stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Does, 
does seeing the comparisons between the two and how they make film elevate them for you in some to some extent like in the fact that like you can almost look at their filmmaking styles as cohesive like does that make them more appealing in a way yeah it actually does it I, like mm-hmm. watching like both their movies i think like it helps it helps me appreciate both like barry jenkins and like one car way more obviously mm-hmm. just because like uh since i love moonlight so much but a lot of that is so indebted to like you know like wong's filmmaking style and um and i don't know it's just like yeah it really enhances both of their films and um i love that they're super similar and even though like their films might not like always feel super similar you can see a lot of similarities regardless like Mm -hmm. in moonlight there's literally like jukebox scenes scenes where i know he pulled that out of like (laughs) you know, like Wong Kar Wai's like, yeah. you know, 90s movie. Yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Scene, I was definitely- I wonder, really yeah, I wonder what The Lion King 2 is gonna be like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's gonna be so crazy. Yeah, yeah, dude, The Lion King 2 is just gonna have like a three minute jukebox scene, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's God, okay. I'm so hyped, dude. <laughs> Listen, I said this on the Moonlight podcast, well, I, or someone said it, I don't remember if I said it, but the I'm okay with Barry Jenkins doing Lion King 2 because it means he's getting paid so well, and then money. he can go make another great movie Moonlight like Moonlight too. or yes. If Beale Street Could Talk. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm so excited for If Beale Street Could Still Talk. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. oh, fire. Um, I have a final thought. Yeah, final about- thought about chunking express which is that that, (laughs) which is that while the film in both the stories it's telling Mm -hmm. has like a universal sensation of like exploring loneliness and like longing and melancholy i think in a way the films are trying to showcase very different approaches to that where in the first film we see the man like I would say like just fully consumed with the idea of like being in love and like having love. Um, And in the end, he doesn't really end up with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in the second film, we see the man kind of just going about his life. He is mourning his past relationship, but he's not immediately trying to move on or like find something Mm -hmm. new. Like he's kind of just sitting in his feelings and like processing and kind of going about his day. And then in the end, he falls in love and he does end in like an implied happy ending with this awesome girl and so I think that's really interesting just that the two films are so similar in what they're saying but it's done so differently which I really appreciate yeah I I think you should you should definitely check out Fallen Angels because Chunking Express is like an anthology like Mm -hmm. just like part one part two but fallen angels is more of like interweaving like they don't really mm-hmm. like interact within the stories too much they do a little bit more but it's kind of more like inner interwoven like it's like if you cut up like part one and like put it like sprinkled it through like part two and chunking express cool, and it's yeah. like a really interesting like it's really interesting like presentation epic yeah cool i think um yeah i guess final thoughts like uh once again, I'll plug Fallen Angels as well <laughs> for the however many times. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> Chunking Express is like, you know, like daytime and Fallen Angels is like nighttime. You know, Chunking Express is like mm. the uh, the uh, 
you know, one brother who goes, <clears throat> has like a steady job and fallen angels is like the nighttime security, like the, the slutty <laughs> sister or like the nighttime security, <laughs> brother who like, like, you know, like makes money in a really shady way, but is which, probably richer than his like daytime brother. But anyways, which, yeah. Which sibling would you? No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> fallen angels is just like a lot like sexier yeah. and like more, swag that sounds fun <laughs> thank you austin for bringing that word back and ethan yeah i just gotta bring that word back oh i have a final thought as well are you done, I, I don't think Jason's with... done with his but, hold on uh, we'll, ethan we'll is young king express <laughs> i'm the i'm the classy someone yeah. a steady job <laughs> the podcast Aww. yes final That's thoughts sweet. austin <laughs> go ahead austin um i have like just like a quote that i really liked i don't know if you guys have yeah. any quotes that you like from the movie but this one was my favorite one. Uh, this one just like really resonated with me. It was, it was at the end of the first part of the movie. It was, mm. if memories come in a can, I hope that can never expires. And I was mm. like, fuck. <laughs> that, line, <laughs> I, I, that line is just, I mean, that's like really what the whole, the movie's all about too. It's like, memories, yeah, I like know? that line. Yeah. It's that really line's really flesh. good. Yeah, it also line. just like a lot of really good lines mm-hmm. in like yeah. the first part specifically. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. Yeah. Uh, when do you want to? Yeah. Start? Thanks for having us again. Yeah. yeah honestly, thank absolutely. you. Yeah. It's an honor. Uh, just when do you want to do a quote in character? Yeah, uh, Austin. Oh, we planned one. <laughs> we coordinated, <laughs> apparently. No, yeah, this is so cute. Yeah. I'm excited. Is this our first coordinated quote, Clara. I think it is. I'm really excited. Well, it's not. It's not like we're saying it in unison. Well, you, you'll see. Okay. Jason, do you, okay. Do you think okay. I should okay. go first? So, actually, I'll I'll go first. You have to go first because like <clears throat> yours is first. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense if you. Okay. Do you like pineapple? <clears throat> 小姐，请问你喜欢吃凤梨吗？ That's it. it. What I said was just the same thing in uh, what Austin said in English. But if you remember from Chunking Express where he's sliding. The reference to when when he asked her if she liked pineapple four times in a row in a different language every single time. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. Super Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.